Hey, everybody. Welcome to yet another edition of the Surf and Sales podcast. I'm your host, Scott Lease. I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Richard Harris. And we are super excited to talk to today's guest, uh, Steve Norman. Steve is a global sales thought leader and consultant to some of the top B2B brands that you know and love. Um, he's got 25 plus years of experience managing B2B sales teams, managed teams of, of hundreds, complex sales organizations, and uh, over four billion in total sales attributed to to him and, and his teams and his company. So, um, thanks for joining us, Steve. We're excited to talk to you, man. Scott, real pleasure to uh, catch up with you again. You Looking get one percent of that four billion, right, Steve? You get one percent. <laughs> Uh, no comment. No comment. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> that would be 40 million. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, yeah. Tell, tell us um, a little bit about the, the book that you wrote. I'm, I, want, I want to hear about it and I, and I want to give you a chance to kind of, kind of plug it. Yeah, sure. So the, the book, uh, Future Proof Sales Strategy, uh, it was uh, released about a year ago. And uh, it's, uh, I, I, saw, I saw a gap in the, the sales literature, if you like. You know, I, I saw there, there's a lot of great books out there for salespeople. You know, uh, how to manage in a big company, how to manage, you know, selling tech or doing SaaS and, or how to prospect. And, and there's just hundreds of books out there, really some really good stuff. Uh, but I didn't really see a lot for sales leaders. Um, I saw like a lot of leadership books and most of the leadership books you see, are like CEO books or they're like celebrity entrepreneur, Elon Musk, you know, type, type of books or they're, they're inspiring sort of books. And I really wanted to put something together to help sales leaders navigate, uh, the sales world as it is today, as it's evolved in the last decade or so. And it, it's a lot about the strategy. It's a lot about the structure you need to have in place how to manage people, how to hire, and then the sales process um, itself as well, you know, at more of a higher level. That's great. great. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that gap in the market. I'm in the process of writing a book right now about the life of a VP of sales and talking about that mm. stuff. Um, I think it'll do well. Yeah. Because I mean, uh, we, we know it's a, it's a very lonely job yeah. if you're the head of sales uh, in, in a company you're sort of expected to know the answers to everything. Um, and you're, you're certainly it, it, expected it, to take the fall when everything goes wrong. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I know it was only, you know, I've only been doing this, you know, two and a half, three years now. And so I know in my last sales leadership role, you know, I was managing, you know, I was managing you know, a pretty big team, complex team across a lot of countries and all. And, yeah, you're trying to work out what's the best thing to do. And there's so much nonsense out there um, and so much junk on LinkedIn. And it, it's quite hard to sort of sort through when you actually have a day job and you, you're managing people and you're hiring and you're managing your forecast and your pipeline and you're meeting customers. You know, what's the right structure to put in place? You know, should I be going all in on SDRs? Yeah. You know, should I be relying on... You, Listen, other gurus tell, telling me to rely on inbound, you know, so. <laughs> you land on a particular framework that works for you. Like if you were going to, if you were going to go, you know, 
take over a sales leadership role again, build a sales org from scratch? Like, do you have yeah. a framework that you, that you feel strongly is the, is the right one or is it really yeah. product and situational dependent? It, it's, it's very much that. It's very much that, but there, there's some, some, some building blocks you need to look at, right, to get in place. So for example, for me, I invested a huge amount of my time in talent and hiring, right? So, so that, that, that's just something that if you, if you improve in that area, if you do better hiring and better talent management, you're going to improve your sales results through the roof. Don't change anything else. Don't change how you prospect. Don't change how you sell. I just, Don't had, change that, I just had that conversation last night with over 100 people. And it's, it was asked, like, what's the best skill that you need to have as a, as a sales leader? And I said, the ability to hire and recruit. And you just Absolutely. said the exact same thing. So I feel very valued and, right now. And, and how do most people hire? You know, most sales leaders, especially the more experienced ones, have a, a massive overconfidence in their own judgment and ability to size somebody up, right? And it seems the more experience you get, the more overconfidence you have about that. And, and all the data would say that an unstructured discussion, unstructured interview where you're relying on gut feel has a 14% correlation to, uh, to being a successful hire, right? So... Most folks don't have a structured hiring process and, and there's, you know, there, there's three or four elements you bring into a, a sales hiring process that gets you up to that uh, an 80 to 90% hit rate. And if you do that, you're going to have a real competitive advantage. So, so that, 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 that's a big building block for me, right? And, and then I want to be like specializing as much as is um, practical if you like, within my sales team. And, you know, I think that's, that's a big principle, right? So today, if we want to be very competitive, world-class salespeople, is it possible that you can be absolutely world-class in, in, in the prospecting area, as well as be world-class in everything we want to do in the middle of the funnel, all the discovery, all the qualifying, all the relationship management, and then be also expert in customer success and managing existing customers and all, right? So, you know, every other industry we know has specialization, you know? So, what, so I see so many organizations, yeah, when they hire their first finance person, the finance person does everything. They hire their second one, one does accounts payable, one does accounts receivable. They hire their third one, someone takes on payroll. They start specializing. In sales, so, so many organizations. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Back it up. Give, it, give the same story. Instead of talking about finance, talk about sales, right? Yeah. Okay, first, you hire your first VP of sales. Then you go hire a sales rep. Like, what's the correlation there? I have an opinion on this, but I'm, I'm curious yeah. as to how you suggest in that. Yeah, well, yeah sure. So, uh, so many organizations just hire another salesperson, another salesperson, put people into territories, right? Um, so it depends on the stage of your business, right? So if you have a bunch of existing business, right? I want to service that existing business first, okay? So take whatever sales, so let's say I'm coming into a team 
there's 10 salespeople and they're all doing the same thing. They're all managing a territory. Okay, I want to get it, understand what our current account base looks like, what the headroom is in our, with our current customers, okay? And I want to resource that first. And so maybe I get five or six out of those 10 people, I work out and cover our biggest, most opportune current accounts, right? Invest in that first, and then look at having some folks dedicated to generating new business, rather than having everyone try and manage and juggle everything. Does, does that make sense? Oh, sorry, lost you there, Richard. Yeah, I, I was on mute. I, I completely agree that specialization needs to occur, right? Whether it's, you know, in the traditional sense of it's, you know, SDRs do prospecting, AEs do closing, customer success. I also agree with you that if you've got a certain number of customers, you focus more on customer success than you do growing new business. Like let's, let's make these people mm -hmm. wildly happy and successful. Um, so that, that's one of my things. I want to come back cool. to the hiring thing though. What are a couple of two or three tips yeah. that, that you could give to people? You know, I don't want you to give away the book for free. Um, but what are a couple of hiring suggestions? No, it's of okay. Like, I'm happy. Hey, how do you, you know, in, ask this kind of question, ask that kind of question. Like what's something tactical that people could take away from you? Yeah. It's a hard question. Well, because we've got to get our JDs right. Guaranteed answer. Cause we all know. <laughs> no, I don't have any trick questions or, or, or sort of quick, quick questions like that. But the first thing, we've got to get our JD right, right? Every sales JD job description is different and it evolves over time. We can't be using a job description from a year ago or two years ago, right? So we need to know what we're hiring for. You know, it's going to be very different, someone in the field, someone in the field managing existing customers versus someone in the field doing hunting or, or someone inside. Um, and what are the characteristics that existing people who are having success have in that role. So there's, there's a lot of work to do in the preparation, right? Just like in all selling, right? If we don't do good preparation, we're not going to close well, right? And the same with hiring. We, we need to set up our structure. We need to get good JDs. And then we need to be um, structuring our interviews. That, that's the next thing. We don't just fly off the cuff in an interview. Because something even a poor salesperson is really good at, and that is building rapport with people and, and getting a hiring manager. Oh, like, oh, are you like Liverpool? Oh, yeah, I, I follow the Premier League, blah, 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 right? And, and before you know it, you're going down these rabbit holes. Oh, he's a really nice guy. He seems, you know, like yeah. he knows what he's talking about. Um, it's so easy to get derailed with uh, charisma. What is, it, what is like a um, specific well, What we want to do... What is a specific structure that you would apply to the sales interview? Is there like, I'm going to ask these three to five questions and then I'm going to also have this particular person interview them. And how yes. long does that, and how long does that process take? Because one of the things that, that I'm cognizant of and I, I really don't like is, is like a really long interview process where you're talking to like eight, nine, 10 different people and they make you do all this work and everything. No, no I, 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 yeah, I, I don't think there's much value in that. Yeah. Because uh, what happens, you get seven or eight people talking to someone, usually in an unstructured way, 
And then the seven or eight people get together and there's nothing to hang on to. There's nothing to compare. It's all sort of opinion, right? Um, so I want to ask the same questions of every candidate. Okay, so, so that's an important part of a structured interview that when we're interviewing for um, and, and, and inside SDR, there's 10 questions we're going to ask and we're going to do a comparison of the candidates. Right, and those very, questions. Very, gonna, a very scientific way of doing it. This is how engineers interview, according to my brother, who tells me we ask yeah. everybody the and, same and, questions that the same people ask them. Yeah, yeah. Like, like the, the sales function needs engineering. It needs some engineering dis discipline. It's been run for too long um, by the seat of our pants, and um, and and this is just going to improve your odds. And then the other thing is to do an independent assessment. Right, you do. You do structured interviews with proper JD, you know, um, doing the same interview to everyone, and then do an assessment that actually digs behind uh, the facade of somebody, find out what they're really like. And, and then there's a lot of good choices out there uh, of sales assessments today. So there's, there's no excuse, you know, for getting a surprise. We've all had that, that situation. I, I know I have. You, you get maybe you get a little warning sign in an, in an interview and you ignore it or you, you get swayed by other components that they're bringing to the table. And then after a month or two, you're going, oh, that person's just not working out. I, I, I saw that in the interview and, and I, I, I sort of went past it. Um, so if you can triangulate um, with an assessment, structured interview, you know, you're going to be you're well on the track. The, the other thing to do is an exercise. You give them an exercise to do. Um, I, love very I love the, that role. I love the fact that you put a process in place because salespeople are, there are two things I know about salespeople. One, we're really good at selling ourselves and establishing that rapport, right? And to your mm -hmm. point, you even said earlier a little bit about the egos of sales leaders is that we're really bad customers. We are terrible at being a customer. We're too <laughs> yes. impatient, right? And we hear what we want to hear all the Absolutely. time. And I think sort of coming back to what you yes. said about, and maybe it wasn't, maybe I asked the question wrong of, hey, what questions do you ask? It's more about the process and understand that you have a rigor so that you can create some level of measurement, you know, and you, look, you don't have to, you don't have to know how to do your pivot tables in Excel, like that's not required, but certainly something where you can at least try to measure across things, just like you would, if I'm buying a flat screen TV, I'm going to, you know, do the compare button on the website, right? It's the same thing. Um, so I, re I really appreciate yes. that. What do you, just out of curiosity yeah. as you yeah, it, it, exactly. been in sales, what have you seen evolve in the salesperson, right? Like you've talked about evolving the process and the job, job description. You know, I think the salesperson has evolved a lot, not just in the last few months, but over the last few years, right? Do you see that too? Um, you know, is it still always the, the type A former athlete, you know, type person or is it, I'm seeing, no, I'm seeing more introverts. I'm seeing more things like, what are the nuances mm. you're seeing? Um, I, I don't know. My experience is great salespeople come in all shapes and sizes, right? So you can't make assumptions about, you know, based on personality, right? And, you know, there, there are some great extroverted salespeople uh, but then the the introverts are sort of making a comeback, 
Uh, you know, people that listen, people that are curious. Uh, even I've, I've had some great folks with uh, technical backgrounds become great salespeople. You know, because they come at it from a structured point of view, right? So, so there, there are a lot of ways to success. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's probably all I'd say about that is, yeah, don't, don't judge a book by its cover. We've got to dig underneath. You know, what's that person really like? Do they have drive? Do they have grit? Do they have problem-solving ability? Will they listen? You know, these types of uh, attributes are more important than personality. No, there's, there's my, been a lot. So I was just going to say my favorite person to hire for a long time has been teachers, right? They oh, understand okay. how to listen. They understand how to frame something in a, in a way that's not threatening, but educational. And then mm. they've been so scorned by such bad pay and compensation. Wow. There's a nice talent pool there. <laughs> you can pick up. Gee. Okay. Yeah. I like that. There's been, yeah, there's and, been, and I'd say when you think about personality, it's the personality of the customer is more important, right? And and the ability to adapt to that is more important than the the salesperson's innate personality. So you, you need to be able to tune into people um, effectively, whether they're like we know the disc profiling, right? Whether they're that outgoing person, or they're introverted, or detail orientated, and so forth. So that that's that that's more critical than the the salesperson's, you know, own Steve, approach. Steve, yeah. One thing I I definitely want to ask you is, whether we've all been um, kind of talking about like how to change and adapt and adjust during this whole um, pandemic and self you know, quarantine and all this kind of stuff. But I know one of the things that you've been pretty passionate about is like talking with people and advising them of, of what's next, what's going to come after this and the framework for kind of emerging out of this yep. kind of uh, space that we're in. So we'd love to get some of your thoughts, um, you know, around that. And I, I don't think that people have talked too much about that other than like, you know, with happy ears. When this thing lifts, everything's going to be amazing. Um, so I want to I want to hear and get your thoughts on that. Mm. Yeah. So so I think uh, we're going through various stages in the last couple of months, right? So first we had sort of panic and chaos, and uh, we had to react. Uh, you know, get everyone safe. Get everyone home. Uh, get into this working from home cadence, and I think by now. Um, most people are sort of used to that, right? You know, we're all on hundreds of Zoom calls, you know, each week and folks are sort of getting into the rhythm of that. Um, and hopefully organizations have pivoted a little bit as far as focusing maybe towards some segments of the market that are doing better at the moment. And, and we know there's a lot of, even though there's a lot of doom and gloom, there are a lot of segments still doing really well. Like there's a lot of tech areas doing well, uh, the online stuff, the supermarkets, the healthcare, uh, even education um, with, you know, kids doing school from home. Yeah, there, there, there's a lot of different areas that if you can pivot, pivot towards some of those with some resources and getting our messaging right, right? I'd say all the messaging that we're using two or three months ago is just going to sound really tone deaf when we start approaching customers with that. So customers want to hear how you can help them now 
in this situation and the challenges they're facing, whether that's they're in distress or they're actually booming and they've got lots of demand and they need to get things you know, spun up quickly, right? We, we need to be really in sync with that. Is, is that any different than it's... When we think been, about... Well, yeah, to, sorry, Richard. Yeah. yeah. Is that really any different than it's ever been or it just means we have to get better at it? Because I feel like it's always been that. No, it, I, I, I think that's fundamental. I, right. I, I agree with you, Richard. We should be... Always we should be scanning our market and focusing on the best opportunities and you know, moving our resources around effectively, right? Um, so this is just an application of that, all right? We had something happen a couple of months ago. Okay, you better reset uh, your territories, your priority accounts, and your messaging, um, which you should always custom messaging to customers, right? Uh, but, but some companies move slow, right? They've got stuff in the pipeline that was planned by marketing, you know, a few months ago, and it's just like coming through. I'm getting emails from, from vendors that just are really, really tone deaf, you know? So uh, we, we do need to be careful of that. But I think something, you know, we, we'd all have to accept is, okay, the market's much tougher, it's much tighter, and it, maybe that will go on for a while. So that means... Uh, Decision-making is going to be longer. I'm getting a lot of feedback from the sales leaders I work with um, that even small purchases are going to a higher level than they were before. There's more people needing to sign off uh, on deals. Um, and this is a trend that's been happening for a while too. So you know, we know that the sales has been getting more complex, more folks getting involved in, in the decision, but this is really accelerated right now. And... You know, if we, were, if we weren't moving in the direction of becoming really skilled, consultative salespeople, we're really going to be exposed now. If we, we were working in a transactional mode, selling product, um, we're really going to be exposed. So, you know, like Warren Buffett says, you know, when the tide goes out, you can see who's swimming naked. And uh, I think a lot of sales... Uh, is that really a Warren team. Buffett quote or is that a Steve Norman quote? No, that's, <laughs> I won't take credit for it. It's uh, from Warren. And uh, I think a lot of sales teams are being exposed right now uh, with this crisis. It's really showing where the gaps are. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, like the sort of feedback I'm getting is, um, yeah, one, you know, the decisions are getting pushed out. Um, I've got a decent pipeline coming into this but my team's really struggling to generate new pipeline. Um, some of the folks in my team that were marginal performers before are really struggling and are really exposed now. Yeah, it's exposing mediocrity for sure. It is. Yeah. It is. And, and they're struggling with, yeah, should I actually make a move on that? Or is that sort of seen as uncaring, you know, in this environment, right? So most are sort of going and not taking the aggressive action that they probably should. Um, I, didn't, you know, I see people making the aggressive action here. I think people oh, okay. try, at least in the States, Scott, you tell me uh, if you see it differently, but I see people doing it. I also see people getting very angry about it, um, talking about, you know, they should have this job and it's the company's fault. And it's kind of, since I haven't written mm. about it, yet, I have a different opinion. Um, but I do see people making the, I think people tried to do the best they could through April. They really did. Yes. Um, 
Um, Try and hang so on to the team, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. But but we're starting to see a spike again this week. This month will be telling, and I think June will also be telling. Well, yeah, yes. it's, it's Airbnb just laid off 1,900 people, something like that. Yeah, yeah, Uber the Uber, same, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Uber did. Like, it's, you know, like, it's, it's, it's beyond, you know, I don't, th- I don't know that it's, I don't know that we're cutting to the bone yet. I, it could feel that way. Um, but yeah. it's definitely me- I don't think, a lot of I don't think sellers, I don't think account executives out there right now are making big, bold moves and leaving one industry for another and one company to another. I, I thought that's yeah. what Steve was getting at was he was sort of saying, you know, sellers are like contemplating making a big move maybe, but, but, but they're, they're not. So I'm seeing a lot of that. Like people are, recognizing they're in kind of a shitty situation right now and would love to move and get out of it, but are oh. terrified to move and get out of it because there's nowhere for them to go. And if they yeah. just leave, then they've got no income coming in and no guarantee when they'll get a new job. Whereas a lot of these people six months ago might've just quit and, and thought, well, I'll find another job in a month or two. So that's, that's so what sure. I see. I don't, I don't see people making big, bold moves right now on a, on a rep level or even a, a manager and um, VP level. I don't know if you're seeing something different. No, no, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. But I, I really think it's an opportunity. Like most of us have got a time dividend in this time. Like our, our salespeople are not traveling. They're, they're at home. Um, it, it's a great time to, to do an audit. You know, you know, how is our prospect run function? Uh, how do we manage middle of funnel? How do we discover? How do we do qualification? Um, how do we do our hiring? Um, how do we do our customer targeting? How do we develop messaging? You know, if we've got any gaps with our team, this is a good time to, to go and backfill those gaps and get ourselves ready uh, you know, for when the recovery will come or if we are in a sustained situation of what I would call like ultra competitiveness. Right. We've had a boom economy. We've all enjoyed a boom economy for the last three to five years. And that papers over the cracks, you know. So um, uh, we now, you know, if we're, yeah, like you say, exposes mediocrity and uh, we need to fix that. So what, so what do you do as somebody who's running your own business? What do you, what do you, your, your clients, sorry. Go ahead, Richard. Yeah, I was just—I was just going to say, what kinds of advice are your clients asking you for? Are they asking you for these things that you're talking about, or is there something even different that we haven't covered yet? Just no. I, I, love the fact I, I guess that, that sort of that, that there's there's this other component that's floating out there, which is okay. How do I sell working from home? Okay, I've just had my my biggest weapon taken off me, which is face to face relationships. So I've maybe I've been 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, making a living off face-to-face relationships, right? So that, that's, this is, this that's is a big. This is a big cultural difference too, by the way. So I've had a couple conversations with Kiwis and they talked to me about how face-to-face is like everything in New Zealand still. And it's, it's not oh, that sure. way. It's not that way in, in the States at all. So this is really interesting okay. you hear about. Yeah. Yes. You're talking about like field salespeople and... Yeah, if they've been relying on that for a long time, now they're at home, you know, maybe their skills with the phone, their skills with email, their skills with social, their skills with uh, doing video and Zoom, 
um, are not where they need to be. So that there may be a tactical opportunity there. Um, so, so that's something. But to me, if you don't have the fundamentals right, it's no point teaching that other stuff, all right? That, you know, a difference in channel, a, a, you know, a difference in mode of getting to a customer. We need to get our sales fundamentals right first. And then when, when you've got that, yeah, you can, you can think about, um, you know, the, the fine tuning with the different channels. Because I think if you were doing well before, if you were really good at how you message the customers, you know, in their terms, talking about their challenges, their problems, bringing ideas, bringing insight, if you were doing that already and really crafting your messaging and running your cadence and campaign, into uh, the, the right ideal customers, um, then you're going to be in good shape now. And if you haven't, you know, uh, worked from home, if you haven't worked remotely, you'll work that other stuff out and you can pick up those skills. Yeah. What are some of the things that, um, that you think that we might be able to help you with? I mean, we usually try to end every show with, like, hey, what can we do? You know, what can we help you kind of promote? Is there anything you're passionate about right now? Charities you're, t you're working with or, you know, new releases, products that you've got coming out, any of that kind of stuff? Yeah, um, yeah I, I did put together a framework um, called Selling in a Crisis. And uh, so if anyone wants to uh, download that, they can go to my website, which is uh, growthacumen.com.au. And, uh, and check that out. And, and there's also a series of videos that I did that sort of go through that. Um, and I'm actually uh, in, the, in editing for um, a new series of videos, which is more about what we just talked about, what we need to do to come out the other side stronger. So I did that selling in a crisis structure is more like probably more relevant a couple of weeks ago or a month ago, things change quickly. Now we're starting to look forward about how we get out of that. So. Yeah. So check out the website. I'm on LinkedIn as well. Uh, there's a, I've got a lot of content I'm releasing there all the time. Uh, my handle is growth coach. So linkedin.com slash growth coach. Uh, you can find me there. Great. So, well, yeah, please connect with me and uh, look forward to engaging with your folks. Question for you. One last question before we get out of here. So I don't sure. know. If you're, I don't know if you're aware, Steve, but Richard and I were participants in a, uh, transatlantic takedown which was a uh, fun webinar event that we did where <clears throat> six americans had a sales competition and debate against six friends from the uk oh uh, awesome and, and we, we we took down the uk pretty easily to be honest with you so we we got immediately kind of approached by some australians uh, mm. about maybe having a having a battle so i'm wondering if there's something there maybe we can do the new zealand versus australia sales uh <laughs> and then and then the winner of that uh match maybe maybe can take on the american team since richard and i already defeated the uk what do you oh, think oh wow what do you wow, think fighting talk um, you gotta, you gotta, i'd be very keen and i definitely right back team. out team our you got to assemble the right team steve you know we talked a lot about <laughs> being able to recruit and get the right people around you no worries. Yeah, oh, I'm part of a group called our Sales Masterminds uh, Asia Pacific, and uh, quite a few Aussies in that group. And um, I think you know a lot of them who are pretty prominent on LinkedIn as well. So, 
Uh, I, I think we can put a good team together. Let's talk about it. Cool. Let's do it. It'd be fun. Yeah. Awesome. Right. Thanks, Thanks so Stephen. Thank you. Great to catch up, guys. Likewise. Take care.